It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Is Cofield and Company on this Monday? Adam Hill, William Mears in for Steve Cofield for the week. Good luck with that, Reno. Enjoy these next five days. Uh, man, you missed a great first hour, so we will uh, we'll try to do it again. We'll try to have another good hour here for you guys uh, up there as well as we welcome you into the program. A lot to get into. The Golden Knights, of course. Puck drop in, we say, less than an hour and a half, but we know it'll probably be more than an hour and a half with the delays in the broadcast and all that. Uh, see if they can bounce back from what happened. I was down in Phoenix yesterday for about 18 hours. Uh, we'll get into uh, some of the goings-on there in terms of the sports scene and what we may bring from there into Las Vegas and also, man, the betting options that are available in some of these expanding markets outside of Nevada are wild. I think it might – I am a huge advocate of sports betting, but I even think it might be a little bit too much. Get into that as well uh, as we continue to roll on. On this Monday, Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number Four. All right, I just it was you know I was trying to throw to it, and I don't remember if we did it or not anymore. I don't know what's going on on this show. We need Steve here to manage the personalities that we all have and the dynamics of the clock and everything, but. One of the biggest letdowns of my year so far was the Golden Knights game switching from Friday to Saturday. I understand why it happened. They needed a game. They couldn't play the game in Florida. The you know Panthers didn't want to play. Television needed a primetime game. They wanted Edmonton Vegas. It didn't work out for them because the game was no good. A lot of fighting, but not a lot of uh, not a lot of continuity. Not a lot of excitement. Not a lot of drama in terms of the final result. So. You know, TV probably didn't get what they wanted out of that game, but I understand why they had to move the game to Saturday. But it was a disaster for people like me. Maybe I'm alone. But people who have to be at Golden Knights games, but also had had the most excitement for a concert that they have had all year in Missing Lovers and Friends. What an absolute letdown. Well, from fighting at T-Mobile to fighting at Friends and Lovers, supposed to be Friends and Lovers, well, Chris Brown allegedly. I heard he was upset that you didn't make it. That might have been what happened. There was definitely, reportedly from what we understand, there was a fight on Friday. Lovers and Friends was Saturday. It was right. a fight between the entourages of Chris Brown and Usher. Sounded like Usher got beat up pretty bad, but he didn't really have any mark on his face on Saturday at the show, so maybe right. it wasn't as bad as people thought. It was over at... Uh, at Floyd Mayweather's. Chris Brown had his birthday party at Floyd Mayweather's skating rink. And yes, they are adults. I'm, what what adults have... I know I know it's a very cool complex. I'm just kidding. but I don't uh, know. Not many adult birthday parties at the skating rink. Not after 1984, your heyday. I'm sure you went to some skating rink parties in your day. I think I had one. And it was in the 70s at, at Playland Central. You had one or you Center. attended one? I had a birthday party. Yeah. My own, yeah. But I'm sure you attended many. Yeah. Back then, I could see you throwing on the knee pads and skating around, and, and I never had knee reverse pads skate, sure. yeah, couple skate, couple all that skate, stuff. Yeah, we used to. We actually on Sundays we uh, we were the skate monitors or whatever. And <laughs> what? We, yeah, and we would go around. We would take the we would <laughs> we would find the the guys that were 
if we could find a reason to put them in the jail, there was like a timeout jail. Like, at the skating rink? At the skating rink. If you So if you were skating recklessly or pushing people or whatever, you'd put them in Let the timeout jail? If a, if there was a like a, a teen guy who was, who had a very attractive girlfriend, yeah. you would throw the guy in the in the skate jail. Yeah, if we were so that his to girlfriend hit. was on her own. Right. That's, it sounds. I was gonna say that's what happened. That doesn't seem to be what happened. Chris Brown was supposedly <laughs> mad. I don't think Chris Brown did he that. He was supposedly no. mad at uh, Tiana Taylor for something that happened at the MTV Video Awards. Oh boy! Six months ago, and was yelling at her. And Usher didn't like it and told him to stop. And then Chris Brown and his entourage beat up Usher. Allegedly, we should be we should say, allegedly, uh, is what happened. I'm sure there's a lot more to the story, but that's what it sounds like on the surface. But they did both perform at Lovers and Friends. I was devastated. I asked on Twitter for people to tell me it was terrible, so that I didn't feel as bad about missing it. Uh, for those up in Reno that weren't familiar, literally, if you if there was a song or an artist throughout any of the '90s or early 2000s that you loved. Yeah, I'm looking at the line. They were there. Yeah. And I went last year, and it was incredible. This year, slightly different lineup. I mean, quite a different lineup, but the headliners were similar. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable to miss this show. I was I was devastated. Uh, so, hopefully next year, no Golden Knights. Not that the Golden Knights will be out of the playoffs, but hopefully not, not scheduled on the same day. And I don't have to be at a Golden Knights game. But, man, that was, uh, that was devastating. And then I followed it up. Uh, by heading down to Phoenix, going to we we're going to go to the the Diamondbacks game and then the Suns game. Ended up uh, unloading those tickets because the flight was going to leave. We were probably going to have to leave the game a little bit early to make the flight at around nine o'clock. So uh, didn't didn't go to that game, but watched the game basically in the lobby of the arena uh, at a sports bar and sports book right there. Which again, sports book at the arena. I was just going to say, cool. so you just kinda, yeah. you just marry the two. There yeah. you go. Sportsbook in the arena, very cool. And uh, the, so pretty yeah. soon when kiosks show up in football stadiums, they now become sportsbooks. Players better not show up. Yeah, they're not allowed to be at a sportsbook. They're book. not allowed to be. That's the NFL rule. That's how, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on as we continue uh, going through the program. A lot more in the betting world to get to. Number three. Brady Griner's back? Brady this is Griner. big. She's been everywhere too. She's been making the rounds. She's been making appearances. She, you know, obviously she's uh but she returns to the hardwood tonight. The Phoenix Mercury. They're in Seattle. We just spoke to Associated Press writer Tim Booth. I wonder I we didn't even ask him. I didn't even think about to ask him because we're the crack interplay, but um it, it's that big of an exhibition game in terms of Brittany Griner's return to the hardwood. Um so yeah, uh, there have been three I believe three WNBA exhibition games thus far. Chicago Sky have played a couple of times. Uh, tonight it is Phoenix in Seattle, and uh, that you know what else that means? It means the Essence Booker, Spring Valley High School grad, UNLV Lady Rebels, and uh, will make her WNBA debut. And Centennial grad, former Arizona standout Sam Thomas her second season with the Mercury. So from a local standpoint, um, some Mercury to watch. And then from a national headline standpoint, of course, with Brittany Griner um, and what she endured last year is back with the Mercury tonight. It's a cool storyline, but with the good of, I think, some star power in the WNBA also comes the bad. Like, does anything matter if it's not New York and Vegas? Uh... 
I think it, I think there I think there's enough storylines where it could, but you're right because I think I think for the first time in what 27 years, just the 27th season, maybe 27th anniversary, uh, an exhibition that it could be like one of the biggest ever since the WMA is next Saturday. Yeah. The or this Saturday, this Saturday, excuse me, not yeah. next, but uh, the New York Liberty here in Las Vegas. For Vegas's one and only preseason game, it'll be fun. We'll certainly uh, let you know more about that as the week continues. Number two, we will not play it because I, I think beeping it out doesn't really do you any justice, and we obviously can't play it on the air. But the uh, Glenn Kuyper situation—he has been suspended, obviously, uh, after the comment that was made on the broadcast. He was referring to uh, him and his broadcast partners trip to the Negro League Museum and did not say Negro. No. Said a word that he definitely should not have said on the broadcast. He apologized for it. He has been suspended. I know the uh, head of the Negro League Museum came out and not fully endorsed him, but basically said, like, look, I believe that he actually really, really wanted to be here, and I think he had a great time, um, and I don't think he was trying to be malicious, but, you know, he said what he said, and... Really, really unfortunate, obviously, that people heard it. Um, to me, I think context is everything, and I think every case should be judged individually based on what it was. In this case, could it be a slip-up? Sure. To me, again, just as a judgment thing, sounds like there was a, a situation with a, a weatherman here in town, you know, was it 10, 12 years ago right now? And he said something on the air that was somewhat sim- in the similar vein and it just, to me, sounded like something he says with his friends when he's not on the air, and then he brought it to the air. To me, that's what this kind of sounds like. This is what he says when he's talking to his friends. Yeah. And forgot that he was on the air, and he said it. So, so do you? So you're saying the way that it's very, it was very casually said, it's almost like a Freudian slip. It's, it's in his head. It's, it's, it's. He said it because it's, it's what he's thinking. Kind of, yeah. But again, you don't know. Like, it's no, really hard you to don't. Go it was just very heart. casual. And there are going to be those out there that say, well, if you said it, then that's what's in your mind. That's what that's in the back of your mind. That's what you think. It, it's very natural. Um, it's very hard to gauge. Um, now, the the if you notice, the way that I cut and paste the headline, I kind of had an issue with those that wrote, this was a headline. I actually cut and paste this headline. And it was that A's broadcaster suspended after apparent racial slur. There was nothing apparent about no. it. It, it. It was point blank a racial slur. It's it whether it was Well, I would I would argue I mean, I have to go maybe I'll go look at the definition of slur now. Like I I feel like part of the definition of slur would be intent. And I think that's why you so, can say apparent. So apparently, it it was it, so. Like, I got you. I got yeah. you. It, it we it is a racial slur, but it was apparent because it was on him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very different. And again, I you know I talk about context all the time. Like there are people that say the word is the word. It's the same no matter what. Every instance of saying it is the same. I vehemently disagree with that. I think that there is, you know, there's a massive difference between screaming it at somebody that you are angry at and rapping along in a rap song and right. you know having it you know including that in your verse i do think there's a big difference and i think there needs to be and i think if we're not having that difference then 
we're, we're, we're really actually letting off people easy that are actually bad people and saying that in that context. So what's, um, I what, do think context is there, but I, I think that the, there's pretty there's a lot of gray area in this one. What's wild about this is that I'm not sure why out of nowhere it just started showing up on my algorithm on TikTok and Instagram Reels as I'm starting to get – I've been getting um, – Flashback videos from the 70s, Sanford and Son and Jefferson's. Um, there's one really popular or, or infamous scene with George Jefferson and yelling at uh, Tom and Helen Willis. And he's 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 making a point and he uses the N word. And then in with Sanford and Son um, with on Esther. And she jumps off the couch and uses it. But it's just it's just wild that back then sitcoms, no big deal. Yeah. Number one. I think you're getting that because you Google this probably. Uh, we'll get into this later on. We'll uh, have Arash Markazi on in the last hour. Wonderful for me. Great. Arch nemesis coming on. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll get into it with him. But if the Lakers win the title, does LeBron belong on the franchise's Mount Rushmore? I have a feeling LeBron – I have a feeling – Arash is going to say yes, but um, we'll we'll get into that in more detail uh, when Arash comes on later in the show. Uh, but it's it's quite a run; it's impressive. And just I be careful when he comes on that you don't hint to any story ideas you may be working on. Yeah, I'll just steal it. Yeah. Try to create the Haas being a thing for the name of the bridge, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, when we continue, big NFL news coming this week. We can't wait. Back here. Cofield and company. We are counting down, of course, the NFL season, but it never really ends. We just had the draft. There was like two months of buildup from the combine to the draft every day, and then it's like, okay, cool. NFL is done for a while. Nope. This morning, we get the report early in the morning. NFL schedule is supposed to be out this week on Thursday night. It's not ready. There's some there's some snags, there's some holdups, there's some potential setbacks. And we will not have the schedule released on Thursday as scheduled. And then, like, 20 minutes later, no, no, we're good. We got it. It'll be out. So Thursday night, NFL schedule will be released. There are some details, of course, that are different this year from years past. A lot of them revolve around, uh, you know, when games are shown, who's on, all that sort of thing. Um, Very subtle, but could be, you know, pretty significant change is that the afternoon slot on Sunday is no longer necessarily tied uh, to conference. So weeks that the NFC, or excuse me, weeks that Fox had the afternoon game, there'd always be an NFC game. Of course, it's determined by the road team. So had to be a game with an NFC team on the road. That had to be it. And sometimes the best matchup wasn't an NFC game. So you'd be stuck with the AFC game in the morning. Well, no longer is the network tied directly to only showing that game. If you have the afternoon game, you can show whatever you want, which again isn't going to necessarily matter to the schedule release this week. But I think on a week to week basis on Sundays, people are going to notice that uh, quite a bit. Uh, we also have uh, no guarantee of a primetime game, which we have in the past. I think that's interesting. I kind of think there should be. I kind of think every team should get to play on a Thursday um, or in, in a primetime spot. Uh, just because I do think that you know those those markets deserve it, those markets deserve attention. All the NFL players deserve to at least have that one showcase game. And out of fairness, like I mean, 
Some of these teams that aren't supposed to be good could be good. Last year, Seattle wasn't supposed to be good. They were good. So all of a sudden, you have a team that doesn't have to play any Thursday games. They could potentially be a contender, and now they're not on in any, in any primetime spot, which doesn't really seem uh, fair if they do end up being a contender that they wouldn't have a Thursday game. So you got that, and then you have – we knew this was coming, but the confirmation today, Amazon, as part of their purchase – Wants a Black Friday game basically to promote sales is what they're going to use it for. Of course. Uh, but good for us that we get an NFL game the day after Thanksgiving, which will be exciting for sure. And then, of course, the big storyline, where are the Raiders games uh, end up being scheduled? We know who they're playing. When do those games happen? And will there be a game internationally? So the Raiders, in my opinion, should be the Black Friday game. Okay. Silver and black, black hole. We hear that we hear the word black, right? Their their colors black, allegiance black. So I mean, I think it just kind of ties in. It's Las Vegas. It's a four day weekend, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thanksgiving weekend. I think there's a lot that the NFL could benefit, and why not send the Jets out here? It's a home opponent this season. Aaron Rodgers. It would be hyped. It would be sold. I mean, there's a number of obviously home opponents in terms of. The AFC West teams, um, they have also, they're also scheduled to play the Jets, the Packers, the Patriots, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Giants. But I think you tie in the black and silver and the black and hole in the black hole at Allegiant Stadium, and you bring in the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I think it makes for a great Black Friday. Adam gave you a little background music. That was dope. Yeah. It was a commercial. I was reading uh, reading a story that is relevant to this. Okay. Uh, So, of course, the schedule release show will be Wednesday, Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, National coverage of the schedule. That is a national day, by the way. May 11th. National day of what? That is National Willie Ramirez Day. Coming up with that, that's good. I will be 54. Oh, wow. Okay. Good. I think that's why they're doing it, actually. They went ahead and do it. Probably. He said, well, let's get this thing out here for Willie's Um, What I was going to say is, of course, the full schedule will be released then, but there's always going to be little things that trickle out. Yep. Um, and there's going to be scheduled trickles. Uh, I don't know if that's a real word, but there, there's scheduled trickles. <laughs> Wednesday, the national morning shows uh, with Good Morning America and Today Show, I guess. Uh-huh. We'll have a couple of select games that they get to announce. Oh. Uh, Wednesday, later in the day, the international games will be announced. Uh, Thursday morning, some more morning shows will roll out some 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 games, and then obviously the full schedule will release Thursday night. So start looking for this Wednesday morning, and I point that out because it is possible the Raiders get an international game. Uh, they do not host one. The host teams of those games have been announced, so it won't be a home game moving to uh, international destination. But the Raiders do play a road game against the Bills. The Bills are hosting a game in London. If you kind of go through process of elimination, not all of the Bills' opponents are really eligible to play in that game. I believe only three of the Bills' home opponents are possibilities to be moved to London, and the Raiders are one of them. So there's about, I would say, a 33% chance. I've kind of heard that they don't think it's going to happen, uh, but nothing's official, of course. So the schedule wasn't even done. Who are uh, the other two? Who are the other two teams? I can't you remember. Do you know? oh, okay. I can't remember. Um, but it is possible that that game would move 
to London, which I think would be good, and that none of us have to travel to Buffalo, which is just an awful, awful place. And I've been there many, many times and have family right at the stadium. I know it's it's awful, but it would most likely be the Bills' last chance to play in the old stadium. Of course, the the funding just got passed last week for a new stadium that's going to be available in 2026 for the Bills, built in the parking lot of the old one. So it would be kind of cool for the one last you know journey to that stadium where some bad games have happened for the Raiders over the years, for sure, including uh, that AFC Championship game, which was a train wreck. Uh, but it would be... You know, it would be very interesting to go there, but I think London would be a cool opportunity. And the other thing to, to look for, like, it, you know, again, we know the opponents, but there is some differences, right? I mean, the Bills do play in Chicago this year. It'd be different playing in Chicago in December than in September. So that does matter. So there are some things on the schedule that matter. When If you have a Thursday game, you know, a Sunday game followed by a Thursday, those sorts of things matter. So the schedule does matter for more than just kind of, you know, logistics and that sort of thing like there are some some relevant points that are going to be learned uh, on Thursday about this schedule and some maybe on Wednesday uh, a lot to, to pay attention to there so uh, some interesting games that the Raiders have coming up some, we've, some good trips we've talked about briefly a little bit uh, especially after the owners meetings and um, different discussions that have come up but and we just talked a little about a little bit ago off the air uh, Pat McAfee's talked about it you said but we are staring down the barrel with Black Friday, right? So at that particular week, you're going to have Monday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. You are in full, I think we're both in support of, but you fully believe that we are looking down the barrel of seven days a week of NFL at I some hope point. So. Yeah. I hope so, for sure. I mean, so, some of the reasons are, are obvious. I mean, one, the standalone games work very well. People watch them. Um, and two... The reality of the business, the the TV business now, is that people just don't watch TV, and it's not that not that they're not watching content, but they're watching many other places. They're watching when they want to, so they are taping things, watching them later, not watching commercials. They are watching streaming services. They're watching YouTube. They're watching, you know, TikTok. Whatever they're watching, they're consuming content in a very very different way. And the reality of it is, the only thing people watch is live sports, and really the only thing people watch is NFL. If you look through the you know, top 100 shows of the year, it's almost all NFL. And so TV networks are saying, we can't get people to watch anything else. Let's just take this one product we have and spread it out as much as we can. And at some point, it's going to be hard to work out logistically, like we said. Like If a team plays Tuesday, they play the next Thursday, they can't play Sunday then probably. Um, it'll be a little bit more difficult. And there is probably some concern of oversaturation. But I'll tell you this, if NFL is every day during the season, I'd watch every day during the season. 100%. And look, I'm different. It's my job, but I'd still no, do it. Yeah, I think no, I, job or not, whether we have a, whether we had an NFL team, whether it was our, you know, something that we had to do, um, we'd be watching it. We because we watched it before the Raiders yeah. got here. We yeah. were watching. No, the it NFL. is seven days is different, right? Well, like I get it. We watched it because it was there's a Thursday night game. You watch right. all day Sunday. It's easy to kind of figure that out in Monday, but then you start watching Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, it is different, and. Let's also be honest that, yes, live betting and, and betting during games is taking off, but like one of the big drivers of this is fantasy sports and, it, and the explosion of fantasy sports, and um, it would there would be some logistical issues in terms of that, and they do have to think about those things because that is a massive percentage of their consumers is people that do fantasy, and if fantasy players are like, this doesn't work for us, when do we set lineups, how do we work this out, when do we do transactions, if there's games every day, it's something to think about. 
And I'm not saying it's the most important thing. I'm, I'm sure there's people like, nobody cares about fantasy. They do. The NFL does because that's a big percentage of their consumer. We would definitely have to start monitoring your blood pressure, probably get you on some blood pressure medicine if it goes to that. I'm good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good watching games. You, I'm fine. I've, I've sat with you on press row. I've been four or five seats down on a, on a fantasy. You know, when it comes to fantasy, <laughs> um, I'm well aware of the anger that's spewed at times. Sure. I've, I've seen happens. headphones fly, slammed sure. on counters. Sure. So, but that's just general anger. I'm angry all the time. Yeah, we would have to get a heavy I'm, dose I'm of violence. Val- we would have to get you a heavy dose of Valsartan, and make sure that you are pounding the blood pressure medicine. <laughs> I did want to go back to the Raiders uh, if they do have that game moved, which again I don't think so. But if they do, uh, that means they would have nine home games and seven away games, which would be beneficial for sure, uh, and. The Bills, or excuse me, the Raiders' road trips this year, obviously to Buffalo, which could be London. Uh, the divisional games: Kansas City, Chargers, uh, and Broncos. But then you got to Chicago, yep. to Detroit, which hoping above hope that that is Week One. I want Raiders at Lions Week One. That'd be great, uh, which because that would be also be the time that UNLV is playing at Michigan. Hmm. So UNLV at Michigan Saturday, Raiders at Lions Sunday would be. Ideal for everyone, just me. Um, at Dolphins and at Colts, which again I've ranked one of the top four cities to visit for an NFL game, so I'm excited about that one. Uh, but we'll find that out later in the week, Wednesday and Thursday. We'll continue here, at Cofield and Company. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Back here, Cofield and Company talked about a little bit about the uh, the trip to Phoenix yesterday. Very quick for those that were not with us in the first hour, drew, uh, flew down early yesterday morning, six a.m. Nice, uh, nice mimosa brunch right in downtown Phoenix. What a what an experience that was. Walked over to the Diamond. Well, first of all, then uh, watched the Manchester United loss, which was big. West Ham got the win for us Liverpool people which uh, put Liverpool in a position to only be one point out of a Champions League spot. That's big. So got to watch that. And then head over to the Diamondbacks game, watch the Diamondbacks and the Nationals. Nationals with a three-run homer. Joey Manessis in the top of the ninth. I had actually made a bet before the game. Joey Manessis did home run at plus 650. <laughs> so he hits a home run in the top of the ninth you to know, win the game. You take these spot trips, right? And especially we're in the offseason – of the NFL, you are very close for your, you know, with somebody, your annual trip to out of the country. Sure. And there's somebody in particular you go with. I, you know, it's a good thing that he wasn't with you for this trip because he can't be around sports gamblers. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he may not be playing this year. So, as Matt, well, just in case. Yeah, that's true. Uh, can't, well, I think literally everyone on that trip, besides him, like yes, I have a friend that's in the NFL and travel with him. Uh, if he, everyone on that trip bets on sports. In fact, while we're there, we bet on sports. Is that part? Is that he does? He, I should be clear. He does not. No, but, but he's friends with us, and the policy says you can't be friends with somebody that you can't have a social relationship. That's right. With somebody that bets on sports, so I'm pretty sure NFL players just can't have friends. Yeah, everybody bets on sports now. Let's hope that none of those players. The Raiders 
have. My a, friend is not on the Raiders. I should be clear. No, I would, no, I would no, not no, be no, friends no, with no, the Raiders. Not even close. Not even close. Covering them. Um, let Let's hope that none of. What if one of the Raiders is married to someone who likes to bet sports? Can't Can't do it. Or get a divorce. Yep, you gotta basically <laughs> live as a live as a hermit, uh, in that case. Uh, but yeah, so then then flew home, and I posted up on social media last night. You can go see the picture at Adam Hill LVRJ Instagram or Dying Twitter. Uh, there was a guy sound asleep. Now look, me and I will fully admit, me and my friends were in rough shape last night as we were getting on the plane. In fact, there was some concern that they just wouldn't let us fly. <laughs> Not Nobody said anything that we were fine, but as we were going to the airport, we are like, are they even going to let us on the plane? Um, there was a guy passed out in really, really rough shape on the floor. As they did the final boarding call, you know, final boarding call, if you have a ticket on this flight to Las Vegas, get on the plane right now. There's a guy sound asleep on the floor. Our, my question to my followers on Instagram and Twitter, and if you go, want to go check it out and weigh in, is it our responsibility to wake him up? Well, did you know that it was at that gate? So he was sleeping close enough to the gate where you'd know that was his like, flight. Literally, yeah. I mean, you got to wake you him up. You can walk on. You wake him up. You do. You have to wake him up. 100%. I, I, put, it to, I put it to you this way. I would say if I was there, I'd go, if I was in that situation. I'd want somebody to wake me I'd up. I'd want someone to wake me up. It is kind of – it's an embarrassing experience, though, for you and the person, right? Not really. We're like, hey, man, get up. Hey, man, what? <laughs> you, know, you know you're not going to like immediately realize that they're helping you. Well, I mean, the picture you took, it just looks like he's he's crashed out. Now, we don't know if he was schnockered and I mean, passed out. Looking at his face, I would imagine, yes. Oh, he was? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, That's, that was rough. Because, like, someone like you, like, that – you know, or or let's just throw it out there, like you know, some of your colleagues, right? Like Ed or whatever. And it, it especially the flights. We talked to Ashley Vice earlier. We're getting to Winnipeg, getting to Edmonton, the flight connections, and you happen to pass out. And someone doesn't know the, to the wiser. You want to be woken up. This guy might have to have been home. I would think so. I'm not. He gonna, didn't show up for work this morning. He got him fired. I'm not going to say what we. He's not working. That guy's not working. Uh, I'm not going to say what we did. We'll continue. We'll ask JVT his thoughts. John Von Tobel gets into. All the sports betting we need to know, but we can't associate with players on the way back. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. It is John Von Tobel joining Adam Hill, William Mayers here, Cofield and Company on this Monday. John, how are you? Uh, good, man. I'm ready to sit down, settle in for some basketball and some hockey tonight. Should be a, a fun evening. Um, before we get into some of the sports betting, a couple of things uh, for you to weigh, on, weigh in on that we've been talking about. Uh, not sure if you saw my photo last night of a guy just passed out at the gate when they were yep. making the final boarding call. What do you do in that situation? You wake him up, just let him sleep. Well, how do you know which flight he's on? You like, don't. How do you know which one? You don't. Right. you got to take so the I- chance. But he's literally right at the gate, right at the door for the gate. I let him sleep. Really? Wow. I mean, look, it, he or if you're taking a nap, you should also take this, the precautions of being ready for when your flight is going to be ready, right? So I would assume alarm some sort. I would assume he's sleeping because he knows his flight's not for a while. Very presumptuous to, to just go in and wake him up assuming that that flight boarding is his. So let him sleep. I would also say I don't know that he was in the state to even know what flight he was on. Yeah, let him sleep. 
<laughs> okay. Well, he's going to wake him up. You're also, you, if, if he's in that state, you might be doing the flight a service. That's true. Because if he then become belligerent while he gets on that flight, you know. That's true. Might be doing everybody a, a good deed. He couldn't have been more intoxicated than anybody that was, I was in a group with. <laughs> that's 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 fair. So I, I don't know. It was it's a tough call. I don't want the guy to miss a flight. And if you have the power to do something, everybody else just walks right by him. So I guess you you let him go uh, right by as well. Um, John, do you associate or have any social relationship with anybody that is a sports better? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, okay. Do you associate with anybody that's not? Yes. Okay. Uh, we were just going through the I, the NFL. My wife. Okay. We were going through the <laughs> we we said Ari might be the only person we know that doesn't bet on sports, true. and then he said he has made a, a bet or two. So the NFL uh, collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I was sorting through the major sports CBAs this weekend. Uh, the NFL CBA says no player can have a personal, social, or business relationship with anyone who is a sports better. I, I don't know that that's possible now. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. How do you even track that? <laughs> that's what I said. That, that's that's, and what constitutes a sports better? Is it somebody who bets just once? Is it somebody who bets every weekend? Is right. it is it a professional better? Is it right? Like yeah. I, I don't know what that is. Is it somebody? Is it somebody who plays daily fantasy for money? Yeah. Right. Like that's that's betting. John, like, did, that's, you, did you read my column Sunday? Uh, no. This Why is, is it? Are these all the points you brought is up? Literally whatever. Yeah. It's That's fantastic incredible. because well, because I mean, because it's it's, other, it's exactly what you ask right away, yeah. right? Well, the other part of it, John, is no player during the season can enter a sports book, which I understand the yes. meaning of that. But like, I was in Nashville. I was in Phoenix yesterday. Every restaurant had a betting window. Is that a sports book? Well, you, aren't I mean? And now I have to go back and look. How many NFL? How many, how many NFL stadiums have a sports right, book? Exactly. You can't go to work and, and they just approve. The owners <laughs> just approved that. During the off season, that you can now bet you can the stadiums can now have kiosks. So, if if that's the case, sports bars, stadiums, whatever, you now have to have a gaming license. So, technically, their sports books they're going to be playing in sports books. So this is why. So we go back to like you know the Detroit Lions players and the was it the one Washington Commander that got suspended for sports betting, right? And I understand the rules as to why they were suspended. Um, now, having said that, the argument is always like, well, then you need to change the rules. And this is where the NFL looks a little dumb, right? Where it's, you can't make all these weird rules and try to act like sports betting is this big evil monster to the point where you can't have your players even affiliate with someone who you deem a sports better, whatever that means, right? But also at the same time, taking all the money in terms of the advertising for sports betting and do what you do. Like that's where I think the NFL looks dumb. I would never say you can't suspend player X because you take in the money. No. But you need to change your rules, and you can't keep operating like this. I mean, look at what the NBA just did, right? And their latest CBA, when they talk when they talk about allowing players to actually now be sponsors and or through a different means invest in sports betting companies, like that's something that is forward thinking, and they are they're taking the steps necessary to still protect their product while also allowing their players to get in on this. The NFL cannot keep doing this thing where it's trying to dip its toe in the water while also staying dry. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, again, thank you for, uh, ex- for illuminating exactly what I was writing. So I appreciate that, uh, very much. We also were making the point, you know, being down there yesterday and having access to, uh, many different, you know, of the, you know, forward thinking, I guess you would call them 
uh, betting apps and betting menus that are available in Phoenix that aren't necessarily available in Vegas. I've actually said in the past, I applaud the you know Nevada regulation in terms of being very conservative with a lot of this stuff. Like I think some of it's too much. I think some of it is getting into an area where you can't really determine the bets. Like there's a lot of you know gray area in some of the outcomes of some of the bets that are available. Um, and then yesterday I was in Phoenix and just firing away on just nonsense. Like yep. betting whether the first pitch of the inning was going to be a strike or a ball is not necessary. Like I love it. There's just too much. No, I I would agree with that, Adam. My my complaint with Nevada has not even been so much the selections of what they offer, right? It's it's I shouldn't have to go into a casino and give you my social security number, my driver's license, my blood sample, a semen sample before I <laughs> finally get right. My, well, I'm not supposed to do that. I, I mean, I was given out for free <laughs> yeah. uh, like and do all of that to finally sign up for an app when everywhere else I can cross state border and sign up within seconds. Right. Like that should not be something that Nevada is still doing. I should be able to gamble from my desktop. Right. I should be able to play sports bets from my desktop. I should be able to go to, you know, circusports.com and be able to log into my account, and I should be able to bet digitally from my desktop. I should not have to go to my app, enter a password, have the pinwheel go, turn off my Wi-Fi, turn it back on, <laughs> and then be able to, you know what I mean, to finally get into a bet. The NFL draft, like the the 24-hour rule, all that kind of stuff, I think there's more gray area there, but that's always been my complaint with Nevada. It's like you can advance yourself a little bit. Do I need to, like your point, do I need to bet on Kevin Garnett at plus 500 to win the opening tip? No, I don't. But I, I would like to be able to, if I'm sitting here talking to you guys, go to circusports.com on my desktop and be able to bet from there or bet MGM or any of these other spots. I, I don't think that's too much to ask of Nevada to kind of take a step forward and stop being so archaic. I will say, John, you take a, a, a sky train from the uh, airport, from the gate to the train station to, uh, to take the train into downtown Phoenix. By the yep. time we got off the SkyTrain and got to the train station, I had opened three accounts and funded them all. Yep. Like, that's it's, wild. It, it is wild. And, and I'll say, too, Adam, like, because kind of like the path we're going down, there is some, like, there is a danger. Like, for example, right, like, I like, and I think you guys know this, like, I like playing video poker. So, like, when I was out in New York back in November, the fact that I was driving around in New Jersey and like playing double double bonus poker on my phone for real money i was like god this is wild like <laughs> this could be very dangerous for somebody like me who really enjoys playing poker and like i can understand not wanting to like go full in on something like that but you could still kind of bend a little bit and and enter the 21st century with some of the things that are out there and i think that means stepping forward in terms of this digital space and again Nevada's different because you have casinos that you have to acquiesce to and they want bodies into their casinos and all that kind of stuff. And and that's going to change things, especially um, hyper local casinos. Right. So I, I can understand it to a certain extent. But if you want to keep up, like, I think that's one of the big things that that, that that's a big wall that's got to come down. What wall has to come down for the Warriors to bounce back? There's no segue, I guess. But uh, the Warriors really struggled. And I did not. I, I didn't. I wasn't surprised they lost. But what was that? So I, I feel like I, I am somewhat stubborn in my selections, right? Like, so if like I have something, and especially over the course of a best of seven series, I'm like, it's cool, man. Like, it'll it'll play out over the course of a best of seven. So, like, I don't feel entirely too worried. And especially when you look at the last game, right? We have a Warriors team that shot 31% on the 20 wide open three-point attempts that they generated. They shot under 30% for the game in non-garbage time, right? Before, like, the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And on the other side, you have a Lakers team that shot over 43% from three in non-garbage time, something that that team doesn't really do. 
So I, I feel like you put all these things together. You're still a team that has the math battle in your favor that can still win along the perimeter, that should win the three-point battle more often than you don't. And you just had one of those the other night. And you can still go small and spread them out with four shooters and Draymond Green. And if you want to go, you know, obviously, Kevon Looney and four shooters. Like, there's still inherent advantages that you can take into a battle. And I feel like those things kind of correct themselves uh, tonight, and they can tie that series up. Speaking with Jonathan Von Tobel. So, JVT, with that, last night, our good friend Jeff Sherman tweeted out, updated odds to win the NBA championship. Celtics 8-5, to five, and right behind them, the Lakers are 4-1. to one. We get it. They're up in the series, but they are the second choice to win the title. Did that shock you? Uh, no, because they're up 2-1, right? Like, that's that's what it is, Willie. So, like, it, but, if you're up 2-1 in your series. But that's not to win the series, to win the whole thing. Right, but they're the most right, but, likely to move on from this round. Is what, right, they're that, the most likely it. to move on to the Western Conference Finals, and so they'd be one of the Final Four teams, and the Lakers would be power-rated over any one of New York or Miami, right? Whoever gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, that winner will be the last team. So, it makes some sense that they would be rated where they're at um and, and like and look Willie, i'll give you an example when the warriors were still in their series with the kings but the lakers had already moved on the lakers had better odds to win the nba finals at that time than the warriors did even though we knew that the warriors were going to be favored in that series you know what i mean so like yeah. it just that has a lot of an impact on it but i'll say this look the lakers are awesome defensively the fact that they have in this postseason guys an offensive rating of 110 and they still have a net rating of nearly plus six like that's that's really good that's a really good defense that's going to make a lot of people suffer and you've seen what they're being able to do to the golden state warriors and they'll be able to guard effectively against phoenix who's really thin or denver who doesn't really play well in transition defensively like i they're they're a good team so i don't want to sell them short but i think that's why you see that we saw last night uh, the Suns did the to do finish off uh, their two games at home. Now it's back to Denver. Denver four and a half tomorrow against the Suns. So I, I look. I bet Denver before the series began, Adam, and I, I think that coming back home, this is going to be the spot. And and I will say full disclosure. I bet Denver money line in game three. I bet then Denver money line in game four. And my thinking was, if I'm going to get historic performances in consecutive games and I'll lose like that, then so be it. And guess what? So be it. Like it lost, right? Like Devin Booker was awesome in, in both games. We know how incredible he's been throughout this postseason and in this series getting back to game two. But I think when you're talking about going back home, and one of the things that the Suns have really done in this series is get out and transition a lot. They went from guys in the regular season – bottom three in terms of transition frequency on offense to the top team in transition frequency and offense in the postseason. They're running as much as they can, and especially against Denver. They had an offensive rating the Suns did off live rebounds in transition of 222.2 last night. Like, that's insane. And they ran with a frequency of 40%. Like, they were killing them in transition. My question would be, when you're asking guys to play 40-plus minutes a game and you saw them really fade in the fourth quarter of those games in Denver – can you keep that up in altitude? Can you still do that? And if you can't, are you going to get a Landry Shamit game again? Because I don't think so. And I think the Nuggets have to ask themselves some questions too. Like, what's the point of doubling Devin Booker? Let him get his and make sure nobody else beats you. But instead, they're sending two bodies. They're helping off Kevin Durant to the nail. They're doing all sorts of stuff that they shouldn't. And it allows guys like Durant to get wide open looks and Landry Shamit to get wide open looks. And ultimately, you lose that game. The bench has to be better. They should at home. But I still have some faith here that Denver with two or three at home is going to be able to pull this thing out. John only got about 20 or 30 seconds. Uh, Sixers done? No, I don't I don't know, man. The Celtics got to get their stuff together. Like defensively, they, they've been so hit or miss that if they're going to continue to be that inconsistent, I don't think the 76ers are done. 
Good. Way to go. Radio professional, too. Knocking us out in time. John Von Tobel, we appreciate it. Follow him everywhere. Listen to him over on VSIN. Have a good one, sir. See you guys. And listen to him later this week here on Cofield & Company. We roll on. Arash Markazi joins us next.